And now, sifting through the static with your host, Justin Brenner. All right, we are live. We are live. We are live with the man, Marty Marion. I think this is part three or part four in a huge, probably 20, 30 part series that we're doing. Marty has been gracious enough to bring his, I don't know, 40 years of knowledge uh, to the forefront to be able to do do this for um, ad leaks and the members. So really, really excited. The first few were a little bit slow um, in terms of it was more of background. And now we're getting, I think, more, Marty, and you might agree, into the nuts and bolts of actually implementation and strategy of actually getting this crap rolling, getting it uh, tailored to your brand and actually the the fun stuff of. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be more nuts than bolts, but, um, you know, I'm nuts (laughs) to begin with. So. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I love that expression, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. That's probably an old. That's probably a younger generation thing. I don't know. Maybe that's been around for a while. No, no, no. It's been around forever. Nuts and bolts, right? Um, And one of my mentors, one of the guys that taught me when I was at uh, Gray Advertising. You know the expression, he wrote the book, yep. right? When you want to talk about an expert, oh, yeah, he wrote the book on this, right? Yeah, or she wrote the book. Um, well, one of my mentors literally wrote the book yep. on direct-to-consumer price psychology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, back then, I was, you know young and and, and naive and I hadn't been in the business a long time and so everything was new to me right yeah and this guy would call a team meeting of all the executives all the top level department executives and he would always open it up by saying So today we're going to talk about some nuts and we're going to get to the bolts later. And he always said that. And one day, one of the people in the meeting, one of the other department heads said to him, why do we always talk about the nuts and we never talk about the bolts? And he said, it's very simple. Because if you have the wrong size nuts, the bolts aren't going to fit. That's true. <laughs> they're going to be too big or too small, or they're going to slip out. And whatever you're building is going to come apart. Yeah. The nuts is where the rubber meets the road. So I've always, every time somebody says nuts and bolts, it reminds me of this. Yeah. And so when I teach, and I'm going to do a little, um, Shameless plug. Next week, I'm announcing two new courses that I'm going to be teaching. One is kind of like the ultra top level of brand strategy. I've stuff that I've never taught. And I've been teaching positioning, as you know, Jay, and depositioning um, for years now. But this one's going to be like the highest level ever. It's, it's the stuff that I've only really used for my enterprise level clients. But I'm also going to be teaching a course in e-com specifically about 
price psychology, purchase psychology, price anchoring, AOV, lifetime value, uh, cost of acquisition, um, all the metrics and how they come together. Mm -hmm. And we're going to blow apart some crazy stuff. And it's going to be literally nuts, but I'm going to talk about the nuts. So in today's session, we're going to get more into the nuts of price anchoring. And I'm going to actually start to show how the math works. Because it's interesting enough to say that price anchoring is powerful and everybody's doing it. But, you know, you and I, we live on the internet. It's our business. It's our livelihood. The majority of people aren't digital marketers. If, you know, you look around the whole world, very small number of the total world's population are actually digital marketers or marketers at all, right? Right. So they don't get to dive behind the scenes, tear things apart, figure A-B test stuff, right? As like you do, like I do, like, you know, members of AdLeague says. And we see things differently than consumers, the citizens, I call them, um, see things. So when a citizen goes to a website and they see, well, you know, regular price, $29, today only $20. What they think in their brain happens subconsciously. There's a conscious level where they say, oh yeah, I'm saving a few bucks. That's nice. But subconsciously, the brain is a calculator. Right. So if I say to you, it's regularly $30, yep. this product is regularly $30, and today you can get it for $29, your knee-jerk reaction is going to be, big deal, saving a dollar? I don't right. care. But if it's regularly $30, and today it's only, I may go to the extreme, it's regularly $30, and today it's $10? That's a big deal. The brain does the math. And when the brain does the math, the answer that it comes up with guides how you make your decision. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm trying to hardwire my computer and so I get better signal, but no, I'm here. Okay. So I'm going to tear apart some behind the scenes of price anchoring today. And then I'm going to show you what it looks like at the surface. And then I'm going to show you what it looks like behind the scenes, how the math is constructed. And if you're in the e-com business and the D2C business, maybe you're doing this or maybe you're getting close to it. But there are layers to this thing that make a tremendous difference. If you're doing 100 sales a day of whatever it is that you sell, 1,000 sales a day. If you move that needle by even a few percentage points, 
it adds oh. up over the course of a year. Yep. A lot of money, a lot of sales, right? If I can increase my conversion rate by 10%, that's, that's crazy. People would cut their left arm off to increase their conversion rate by a few points. I don't think people realize how much that really adds up quick. Right? When you stop and you, if you take out a, go analog, pull out a pad and a pen and write down, what is your conversion rate today? If your conversion rate today is 10%, let's use round numbers to make the math easy and fast. If your conversion rate today is 10% and you can bring your conversion rate up by one point to 11, okay, that's a 10% increase. So if you're selling $1,000 a day of product and you can increase that by 10%, that's an extra $100 a day, right? If you are actually increasing your take by $100 a day in a year, that's $36,500 additional money for a very tiny increase in one metric. Now you add conversion rate increases, to traffic, top of funnel increases, to price margin increases. And all of a sudden you've got three, four, five, six touch points where tiny little increases add up to massive numbers, changes the whole way you do business. So what we're gonna to do today is we're gonna run through one example of a price anchoring strategy that frankly happens to be my favorite one. I started with it because it is my favorite one. It's also the most powerful one. And there's some strange things about it that I hope may open some eyes when people see this and, and hear it. Um, so with that, let me jump into it because there's a lot of material on yep. this one. And I want to get to it kind of, um, you know, aggressively. So I'm going to say at the beginning, I'm going to go through this a little quickly. There are some complicated things in here that you that I know, I guarantee you, because I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people are going to see this and say, what? Why? Why did he do that? I don't understand that. So if there are things that seem strange, wait till the end. Hopefully it'll get clear. Number two, if there is something that you really don't understand, reach out. Reach out to Justin, reach out to me, post something in, in, in one of the ad leaks groups, and I'll answer it. Um, but this is a little interesting, and I hope we have some fun with this. So if it's okay with you, Jay, I'm going to share my screen. Yep. Give me one second, Marty. I got to do one thing. I'm, I made you co-host, but I want to switch over from Wi-Fi to hardwired. So I need to swap, swap this toggle. Give me five seconds. I'm going to make sure we don't drop. Okay. You can still hear me? Drop okay. it like it's hot. Yeah, I tried to swap earlier, but it froze, but I made you co-host. And I think that's why. Okay, go ahead. You're good. 
Well, is that because you're using? Um, it's you not know, because using Mac. Apple? No. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I know you are. <laughs> you Apple guys. I know. Right. Okay. So hi everybody, Marty Marion again, um, and this is part I don't know three, four, two, seventeen, ninety-seven. Wow. We're going to be doing this. We're just going to keep going. Okay. We're going to do. We're going to try to do one a week. Um, we're going to tear apart the world of e-com. We're going to tear apart the world of direct-to-consumer from a mathematical point of view, because we're not kidding around. This is business. You're not doing this for fun. Some of you are. You're not doing this just because you have nothing better to do all day. Well, some of you are. I mean, Justin, you know, independently wealthy, he doesn't have to work for the rest of his life. So, um, you know, he does this just for fun. Um, me, I'm poor starving. Yeah. You know, I got to go out and sell pencils on the street corner and <laughs> beg for my lunch. But um, we're not kidding around. We're diving into some really serious stuff. I try to make it fun. Some of it's a little boring. Math and numbers gets boring sometimes. So I try to make it a little bit of fun. Um, my PowerPoints are all going to be available for you with the recordings in the vault, I assume, Justin. Yep. yep. Um, so you're always going to see a little bit. There's, there's always some new people on here. So there's always a little bit about me and my email address. And as we move forward now, each session, I'm going to start off with a very, very quick recap of what we did previously, because there are new people watching each time. Yep. And um, so it's good to catch up really quickly. So a fast recap, price anchoring is the subject. Price anchoring is one of the most powerful and misunderstood concepts in the world of e-commerce. And it's all based on the psychology of how and why consumers, your prospects, your targets, the people you hope buy from you, make those buying decisions. And I say this all the time. If you're not absolutely the only one in the whole world that sells whatever it is that you sell, there are others that sell something either similar or pretty much the same. Maybe one's wider, brighter, cleaner, newer, bigger, more expensive, less expensive. One's in a plastic bottle, one's in a glass bottle, one's small, one's big. But it's similar enough, right, that it fills the need of the consumer, just like yours does. So if you've got competitors out there, what that means is that your target consumer has choices. They've got options. They can buy from you and buy from someone else. You want them to buy from you, not from the anyone else. So the question becomes, how do we maximize when they do buy from us? Number one, to get the most profitability that we can. Right. And to make sure that we close the deal because we present them a, an attractive offer. Which You have just said in one sentence, pretty much the entire explanation of what every business in the world is made up of. Simple. I'm you have to bring in traffic, top of funnel. You got to bring it in because if nobody comes to your store, you're not selling anything, right? 
you could have, um, you know, you could own a Starbucks franchise, but it's way out in the middle of the desert and the nearest town is six miles away by car. No one's buying your coffee. It could be a great product. Nobody's coming. You have a website. You're not driving the right traffic or any traffic. No one's buying. So we're not focusing on that topic, the driving of leads, the driving of traffic. And I'll be honest with you. I know enough about that to be dangerous, but when you need to drive more traffic, you talk to somebody like Justin. There's a hundred people in the ad leaks group that are way more expert in how do you drive traffic? How do you find traffic? How do you convince that traffic through ads and, and other channels to come to your website? So what I'm focused on is now that you have them here, you've already brought the horse to the water. What I'm focusing on is how do you get that horse to drink? Mm-hmm. And not only how do you get the horse to drink, but how do you get them to drink more? Yep. And how do you get them to come back and drink again tomorrow and the next day and the next day? And how do you get them to get all their friends to come with them and drink? Yep. So you're increasing at every point. So price anchoring is all about increasing the quantity of conversions or sales. It's all about increasing the frequency of making a sale. Got somebody who's coming and buying your product once a month. Can you get them to come back every three weeks instead of every four weeks? Because that adds several incremental purchase experiences over the course of a year and that adds up how do we increase the value of what a customer does on your website if somebody's coming and they're buying a 25 dollar product every time they come can we get them to buy a 30 dollar product that kind of costs you the same amount to make so the question is how do we do that and we do that in a lot of ways, one of which is price anchoring. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you haven't seen the previous couple of sessions, go into the vault and AdLeaks, right? And get your friends to sign up at AdLeaks and your clients to sign up at AdLeaks because the value is crazy. But all of this is in the vault. So if you're not taking advantage of the vault, shame on you. Anyway, watch the previous ones. But today... I'm going to break down how do you construct from scratch one of the most powerful price anchoring structures mm-hmm. that there is. Um, but we have to start with some assumptions, right? So the example, just so everybody's on the same page, answering the stupid, simple question, what is price anchoring? You've got a product and you want to sell the product for $300. You can just put a price tag on it. This is an example from one of the previous sessions. You can put a price tag on it that says it's $300. Some people may think it's a bargain. Some people may think $300 is expensive. But this is the price anchoring that everybody in the world is familiar with. 
regularly $1,000, now on sale for $300. Putting something on sale is price anchoring because the $1,000 becomes the anchor. The brain is supposed to say, oh, this product is normally $1,000, but I can save 700 if I buy it today because it's only 300 right now. That's the simplest example of price anchoring. Mm -hmm. And it works. Everybody does it. But there are so many better ways to do this. Here's another one. Our basic plan is $29 a month, but it's only $20 now for a limited time. So you show the anchored price and you want to show the anchor price first because that's why it's an anchor, right? You're driving a stake into the ground mentally in the consumer's mind that says this is a $29 product. Yeah. But $20 looks like a bargain. It's 30% off. So this is the example everybody's familiar with. Here's the price, cross it out, only and a lower price. We're not going to take this approach. We're going to do something completely different. We're going to go through an example that I call the squeeze play. It's also called the three box model. You're going to see why in a minute. But before we get into building out a squeeze play price anchoring model, we have to make some basic assumptions to work from. This is where the math comes in. And yes, I'm sorry, nobody likes math, but numbers don't lie. And without the math, nothing works. So here's some assumptions. And I'm just making this up. These kinds of assumptions are the same for every product. The actual number is going to different because in my example today, I'm saying that our cost of goods is $2.50 a unit. Maybe your cost of goods is $18 a unit. Maybe somebody else's cost of goods is $160 a unit. It doesn't matter. The process is the same. I'm using simple numbers so that I can focus more on how it's done than everybody pulling out their they're calculus calculators. So right. we start with what is our cost of goods? And I'm going to assume $2.50 a unit. And then the next assumption that we're going to make is what is our desired markup? Based on our business model that we've spent a lot of time and we've hired a CFO and an accountant and three you know, business development experts, we know that for our business to be successful, to achieve the numbers we promised our investors or whatever, we need to have a 300% markup. Maybe you need a 400% markup. Maybe you're happy just doubling your cost of goods. But for this example, we're assuming cost of goods is 250 a unit okay. and we want a 300% markup. Okay. So then we apply the markup formula. And there's a formula for everything that we're going to do from now on. 
And the formula, the markup formula, tells us what our selling price needs to be per unit. The markup formula is very simple. 100 times the division of profit divided by cost. That's the formula. We're going to keep going. You're going to see this a lot. So if we use the markup formula to calculate, in this example, we said our desired markup was 300%. Our cost is assumed to be $2.50. So applying the markup formula to arrive at what do we need to sell this product for per unit, we get three times 300%. Our cost of $2.50 gives us a $7.50 gross profit. When we add our gross profit to our cost, we get the 300% markup, and it tells us that our target selling price has to be $10 a unit. So if I've got a cost of $250, and I can sell the unit at $10, I've made my 300% markup. Okay? And you can play with this all day long, change all the assumption numbers. At the end of the day, the target selling price for this particular squeeze play price anchoring example is your key metric that you need to get to. What is it that you need to get per unit sold? And in this example, we're going to say it's $10. And if you struggle with like, I'm not very good at math either. If you struggle with math in this and you don't understand it, have further questions, just reach out. Don't let this be a, um, like a reason you don't dive in because you don't understand the math portion of it. That makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And as I said, again, this is going to be in the vault and you can reach Justin and you can reach me and we'll answer it and we'll go through it again. We'll go through it again. And every time we do a session, there's going to be some kind of formulas and math. So if math isn't your strong suit, if you hate math um, as much as, you know, like going to the dentist and getting your head drilled, um, ask us. We'll walk you through it. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to understand what is our target selling price per unit. Now, do you have to go through the formula? No. Justin, you and I were in business. We're making a widget. What do you want to sell the widget for? I don't know. Let's sell the widget for 30 bucks. Okay. That's what we want to get. We just decided. We didn't use a formula. We just made it up. Now. Is $30 the right price to, to sell our widgets for? I don't know. Maybe it's too expensive. What are our competitors selling widgets for? If they're selling it for $15 and we're selling pretty much the same thing for $30, we're not going to do very well. Right. So this is why we use formulas. And I'm going to show you some standards over the next several sessions as to how do you figure out in your particular business model, what range versus your competitors you should be at. Spoiler alert, you should be more expensive than your competitors, not less. That's another session.
So the three box model, which is also called the squeeze play, is my personal favorite. Why? Maybe because I've used it the most, maybe because I've seen the best results with it. But from a psychological point of view, it actually forces the majority, not all, but the majority of your qualified traffic, your prospects, to buy the product at the target selling price you need to sell it at. And there's a trick to make that happen using price anchoring. Now, there is a concept of price ranging. I'll cut this short and we're going to have a whole session on price ranging. But if you're selling your product per unit up to $250 a unit or less, you use one model of the squeeze play. That's what we're going to talk about today. If your unit selling price is higher than $250, you use a different model of the squeeze play, which I'm going to show you in another session. But today our price point is $10, so we're going to work with this. And the reason that the price anchoring approach differs based on the selling price per unit of your product is that the more expensive your product is, the higher the risk to the consumer is for making a bad buying decision. They buy an expensive product and it's a piece of crap. They've lost a lot of money and it's a hassle. So the risk is higher. And because the risk is higher, most consumers take a longer period of time to make their buying decision. They're going to do some more comparison shopping. They're going to read more reviews. They're going to talk to friends. They're going to go check out your competitors. So the higher the unit price, the longer it takes for a consumer to make a decision. So we use different approaches to price anchoring to get them to make that decision faster because the faster someone makes a decision to buy your product, the lower the likelihood is that they're going to spend time looking for your competitor. We're going to get there in another session. So this is the three box model. And I'm using, well, it looks like a bottle of supplements. Okay. It could be anything. A bottle of supplements. It could be an iPhone case. It could be a widget, a fidget spinner, fishing hooks. I don't care what it is. I'm using bottles of supplements. So the three box model, the squeeze play, we're going to start from the outside and come in. This is at the end of the day, pretty much what it's going to wind up looking like. But the question is, how do we get here? So let's start with this. We're going to actually start with the middle of the three boxes. That's where we start. And you'll notice that there's three bottles being offered here. Now, I'm going to explain in a moment why it's broken up as two bottles plus one. But I'm selling you three bottles. For 
what is effectively $10 a unit, which is my target selling price. So you're going to get three bottles and you're going to pay around 30 bucks. So I'm getting the price I want if you buy the three bottles. And this is edged off the specific psychology for products under 250, right? So this is the price I want to get per unit, 10 bucks. Three units would be 30. I've edged it down from 30 to 29.98 just because of the psychology, right? That the brain sees 29 as less than 30. The two cents isn't going to make a difference. And so we then ask ourselves, why are we starting in the middle? And we're starting in the middle because we want to get a higher average order value than if the customer only bought one unit. And when I say average order value, for anybody who has any confusion, I'm talking about the total purchase price. What's the checkout price in the cart at the end of the day, right? That's your average order value. Well, that's your order value for that order. And we want the customer to feel like a winner. Every consumer out there loves to feel like a winner. Ah, I saved money. Who doesn't want to save money? So if I can get you to feel like you saved some money, you won, you beat me, and at the same time, I get the selling price I want to get, that's a home run for you and it's a home run for me. And here's a super bonus. What's, the, what's that guy, Billy May? But wait, there's more. In the squeeze play three box model, you also capture critical behavioral data that you were going to use to upsell this customer to buy even more. How do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to get there. So now, I'm going to add the box to the right of the middle box in the three box. So what we're going to do is we said we want to get $10 a unit selling price, right? So I'm starting in the middle and I'm saying, if you buy three units from me, I'm going to sell it to you at 10 bucks each. But I need there to be some psychology that makes it compelling for you to want to buy three units. So what I do is I artificially increase, inflate, if you will, the price of a single unit substantially enough that your brain won't let you buy the single unit. And in a low-priced model, this is why we say under 250, I'm going to raise the price, the selling price per unit by 50%. I want to get $10. We already agreed on that. 
So what I'm going to say is if you buy one unit, you're going to pay $15 for it. I've raised that price by 50%. 50% is a big jump, especially subconsciously. The brain says, wait a second, I'm going to pay 15 bucks and get one. Or I can pay $10 each and get three. If this is a product I want, or I believe in, or I think I'm going to use a lot, or I'm going to go through like supplements, go through them a bottle a month. Why wouldn't I want to save the money? So I'd rather, my brain says, I'd rather get the three bottles, save, save the difference, save that 50% markup. So when we compare one to the other, you'll notice at the top above the three bottle images, it says buy two, get one free. It doesn't say regularly $45, now only 30. What I'm doing is I'm giving you an additional win. You're getting something for free. Who doesn't like to get something for free? Have you ever tested or what's the psychology behind if you were to say that one bottle was to be $10? But then you were to make the shipping $8.95. Yeah, that's been tested to death. And frankly speaking, you know, you've all seen, hey, my book. Get my book for free. Click here. And then you go there and you, it's a great book and I want it and I'm getting it for free. But it's only $14.95 for shipping and handling, right? What does the brain say? That, I'm getting screwed. That's a ripoff, right? That's a scam. So what I like to do is I like to keep shipping and handling as low as humanly imaginable. If it covers my cost, yeah. I'm good. Even if it's a little upside down, I'm good. Why? Because of the data that I'm capturing that I just talked about a moment ago, about bringing this customer back to buy more. I'm okay with giving up a couple of cents on the front end because I don't have to pay a cost of acquisition to get this customer back a second time, yep. right? So mm -hmm. it's okay to give up a little bit on the front end. If I have a high sense of confidence that I'm gonna get this customer back over and over and over again. Okay, so by adding the single unit at 50% higher, I've psychologically, and by constructing the buy two to get one free, so you're thinking, well, that makes, it's, it's justifiable. I can yep. justify why this company is offering it to me cheaper, right? But I'm still paying, Think this through for a minute now. Here's where the psychology of price anchoring comes in. I'm buying two. How much is one? $15. How much is two? 
here's a freebie, a third one for free. So psychologically, I'm not giving you a reason to say this is a ripoff. They just inflated the price of one unit. Shipping, my book is free. Shipping is $27, right? I've eliminated the automatic knee-jerk reaction of, well, that's just a scam. No, I'm giving you one for free as a gift, as a bonus. You're still paying $15 a bottle. But because I'm giving you one for free, you wind up, and here's what we make a big deal out of, say you're saving the $15 right there at the bottom. You save. And I'm just rounding it off to 15 bucks. Mario, your video went like a little blurry. I'm blurry? Just a smidge. Not a lot, but a smidge. Okay, well, hold on a second then. That's not good. There you go. Much better. Much better. Zoom's having issues. I already lost the stream once, so I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay. You're going to send this to your high-priced editor to fix all the glitches, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's going to touch you up and make you look good, Norrie. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to do. So, I know. Right? Anyway, so we start in the middle. We get the target selling price we want to get. We add a single unit at a 50% markup so that we do get our target $10 a bottle in reality. Because if I'm shipping out three bottles to you and you're paying me $30, guess what? I'm getting my target selling price. Yep. But that's not enough. Go back to Billy Mays. But wait, there's more. We never, ever, ever, ever use the word sale. We never, ever use the word discount. We don't want to be Walmart. Now, there are some business models where being Walmart is exactly the right model. I want to sell a gazillion widgets and make one penny a piece. I'm a very happy guy. But in most D2C or e-commerce, we don't want to be seen as the discounter. And there's a whole session that I'm going to do on why you want to be more expensive, not less expensive. You don't want to be on sale. You want to be premium. And the way you get the equivalent in the consumer's mind of being on sale or they getting a discount is by giving them free product. I never ever like to use the word discount or on sale. So it's structured as get one free. You save $15 by getting one free. And guess what? I get my target selling price of $10. We both win. Now, you'll notice something. Moving from buy one at 15 to buy two and get one free. One free is actually psychologically being calculated in the brain as a one-third, one out of three, or 33% savings. 
33% is a huge psychological amount of money to save. How many websites do you see that have a sign up to our newsletter and save 10% on your first purchase? Everybody's used to saving 10%, save 15%. I say, screw that. By going from buy one to get one free, the brain subconsciously says, I'm saving 33%, which is a lot higher than the 10, 15, 20, or even 25% savings threshold that everybody uses. So it feels like a very handsome discount, almost irresistible, without ever using the word discount. Let's take it one step further. So the emphasis here, if you read, because people read from top to bottom, is buy two, get one free. I am in your face with the get one free. The secondary emphasis is on you save $15 because that's the biggest font used in the buy box here is you save $15 because subconsciously your brain is saying I'm saving 33%. You will never see a cross out that says regularly, but today only, you're never going to see that in the squeeze play. Bad move. So if you're doing the cross out on sale, I hope over these couple of sessions, I'm gonna convince you there's a better way to do it. Billy Mays again, but wait, there's more. We're gonna add one more higher level now over the buy two, get one free. And this is what we call cementing the price anchor. So I've got the buy one unit at 15 bucks. I got buy two, get one free. You're saving 33%, right? One out of three, a third. I'm going to now anchor by adding a bigger option, a higher level option, a higher price option. Because in the middle one, buy two, get one free, you're paying for two. Well, if each one's 15 bucks, you're paying $30. Now I offer you buy three, get two free. So you're paying for three. Well, if one of them is 15, three of them is going to be $45. And I'm giving you two for free. Do the math. What's the percentage savings of two out of five? 40%. So the jump from buy one unit where there's no savings to buy two, get one free, you're saving 33%. You're going from zero savings to 33% savings. It's a huge jump. The next jump up you're going from a 33% savings to a 40% savings. It's not as big a jump. It's not as sexy in the mind, psychologically. Now, from my point of view. Quick question. Yeah. 
interrupt. So I suck at math, very bad at math, failed it multiple times in college, not my strong suit. But when I look at this, and I'm probably stupid, I am stupid, disregard. Yep, that's my sucky math coming in. I was going to say I could buy, I was I was trying to decide if I was to buy two of the middle. Yeah. The cost difference versus buying the higher level one, which would be 60 bucks and you'd get six bottles versus 90 bucks for five bottles. And if you paid me 60 bucks and got six bottles, I'm getting my $10 a unit, which is what I set out to do. Right. If I achieve my original objective, it's a win. Stop. Yep. Okay. Now, there are some interesting benefits for adding this higher third option. First of all, not a lot of people take it. Why? And here's the psychology of price anchoring. If you look at the box to the right, buy one, I'm asking you to pay the highest per unit cost, $15 a unit. Nobody wants to pay the highest per unit cost. You feel like you're getting ripped off a little. If I move all the way to the left, buy three, get two, you're getting five bottles, you're paying $45. That's the highest cart value. Nobody wants to pay the highest total ticket price. So psychologically, what this does, that's why it's called the squeeze play, is because it squeezes you to feel most comfortable about buying the middle option, which is what gives me my target selling price that I want. If you buy the one bottle, I make 50% more. I'm not complaining. If you buy the bigger one, I'm getting a higher order value and you're paying me $45 for five bottles. So I'm making $9 instead of 10, but I'm not crying about it. And I'm not crying about it because it's giving me the price anchor. So we put the highest total ticket price first. You've seen these boxes on different websites where the first box is the buy one and the second boxes get two, the third boxes get four, right? No, you put the highest one first because you need to set the anchor and the anchor is the total ticket price. The secondary anchor is the per unit price. So we put the highest total ticket price box first. Now, check this out. If somebody buys the buy three, get two, we wind up getting $9 a unit instead of 10. Okay. It's still close enough. Remember our cost of goods was 250. Still making money. Nice. I get a higher AOV. But most importantly, if somebody takes that super high-end anchor, I capture one of the most important and critical pieces of consumer behavior data. It tells me 
that the consumer who bought that is comfortable spending $45. That means I don't have to be afraid in my email sequences and my follow-up offers to this customer to offer them products in the $40, $50 range because I know they're comfortable spending the $45. Somebody who only bought the single unit, the psychology says to me, they were willing to pay more for that unit because they didn't want to pay more than a total of $15. They didn't even want to pay the 30 bucks to save some money. So that changes the psychology of segmenting that consumer for follow-up email engagement and offers and upsells and cross-sells. So depending on which one of these three you pick, the consumer picks, it changes how I segment you for my follow-up email sequences. Now you see why price anchoring not only gets you the selling price you want and the margin you want and the AOV you need, but it gives you consumer behavior data that will inform how you continue to get more success from this customer. Somebody who's comfortable spending 50 bucks, I will send them a different message than somebody who's only comfortable spending $15. And over, I would say, well over $20 million in sales on e-commerce products that I've used the squeeze play on. This is kind of the rough range. 25, 35% of all buyers will take the buy one. And the reasoning for that is, well, I've never tried this product before. I don't know if I'm going to like it or if it's going to work for me. So I'm happy to pay a few bucks more to see if I like the product. So anywhere between 25-ish to 35-ish percent of all the purchases are going to be buy ones. And I'm thrilled with that because guess what? I'm getting 50% more than my target selling price. If I go all the way to the top end by three, 10 to 15% of consumers take that choice. Because nobody wants to spend the highest total ticket price, especially first time out. I don't know if I'm going to like the product. Why would I want five bottles of it? I don't know if it's going to work for me. So 10 to 15% do that because... 45 bucks isn't a big deal to me. I have no problem spending that kind of money. And I'm going to save $30. But 50 to 65% of all purchases in the squeeze play model take the middle offer. That's what I wanted them to do in the first place, is pay me 10 bucks a unit. That's all I was asking for. 
So by setting up price anchoring in the squeeze play, the three buy box model, I'm getting more than half of all my sales are taking the middle offer, which is exactly what I wanted them to do. And when we get into one of the following sessions where we talk about upsells and cross sells, I'm gonna show you how we use the data of these three buy boxes to segment email follow-up. Because, I'm gonna pick on you, Justin, if you are coming to my website for the very first time and you pick the buy one, I don't know whether you pick the buy one because you're a cheapskate and you don't wanna pay a higher total ticket price. I don't know whether you pick the buy one because you're not sure if the product is gonna be good for you or you like it. I don't know why you took the buy one. So I'm gonna test in sequential emails, I'm gonna A-B test, can I push you to buy two? Can I push you to buy three? Can I push you, you see where I'm going? On the first purchase, we only know very little. The buy one, I don't know that much. The buy three, the highest ticket, I already know you're comfortable spending $45. So I know something and I use that to my advantage in my upsells, in my cross sells, in my further engagements. So when we look at the next session of price anchoring, we're gonna talk about higher priced products. How do we set the structure of anchoring for an even higher AOV using what I call the instant upsell? Not only did I price anchor you to get the selling price I want or more, but I have an add-on tactic that we're gonna layer onto it called an instant upsell. You've heard it referred to as an order bump, but usually it comes after you've made your purchase, right? No, 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 no. I'm gonna give you the order bump before you've completed your purchase. I'm gonna show you how to do that. I'm also gonna talk about the psychology of cost and risk in how consumers make their buying decision. And I'm gonna talk about how you start to build what I call your LTV curve using KPI monitoring. Because Justin, if you come to my website a second time, mm -hmm. but the first time you only bought the buy one, and now the second time you come to my website, you're buying three to get two free, that's telling me a lot. You like the product, you want to save money, you're comfortable spending the $45. So my selling you the one unit was a successful test. If you come back to my website a second time, and again, you only buy the one unit, that also tells me important information, but different information. You just aren't comfortable spending more than around 15 bucks in a purchase. It also 
gives me segmentation timing data, which we're going to talk about. Meaning, if you bought one bottle of my supplement, and one bottle is a one month supply, right? I know that in about three weeks or so, you're ready to buy again. So I can email you in a couple of weeks, getting you ready to buy when you should be running out of the product. But if you bought three and I gave you two units for free, you got five months supply. If I email you in three weeks to buy more, it's probably going to fall on deaf ears. You don't need more right now. Right. Still got four months left. So I put you in a three-dimensional segmentation grid based on the behavior data that I've captured from you each time you come, your price comfort level, the volume of how much product you have left, especially if it's a consumable product. There's so much data to be gathered and behavioral consumer behavior data is the single most important data you will ever capture, period. There is no more important data to capture. And if we can use price anchoring to get our target selling price and margin that we want and get the consumer behavior data for follow-up upsells and cross-sells and you know, increasing our lifetime value for each customer, there's your winner. That's how you build a seven, eight figure DTC company. And every seven, eight, nine figure DTC company uses combinations of these tactics, every single one. Mm -hmm. So if you're stuck and you want to get to the next level, you start to implement some of these more sophisticated more psychologically grounded tactics and structures yep. and you'll see a massive uptick in your business so with that i'm going to stop sharing um, and i'm going to say thank you very much for joining me today yes and i will for the ones that tuned in where we had the two minute cutout i will get a video edited and uploaded hopefully by end of day today um, but there are still both videos in there. Um, I don't think you missed much. It was more talking on the couple minute cutout. It wasn't so much on strategy stuff. So I think you were kind of, I think in that cutout, you were complimenting me on how nicely I dress. Yeah. So it's not really important. I but. still don't believe that you wear pants though. I still think that you sit at your desk and you're okay. 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 I'm, I'm being called out. I'm being <laughs> called out, challenged, show it, bring it. You're not, no. No way you're wearing suit pants. <laughs> Why would you wait wear a suit second, pants? Wait a second. Wait a second. There you go. Oh, you are. You're. What are you wearing for shoes? I'm wearing my fancy shoes. I can't. Can I show you? You even got the socks on. Yeah, dude. You got to represent here. Got the socks. Got the shoes. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Um, yep. I'm going to have to run. I've got uh, more sessions to, to cover. Uh, I'll call you and we'll set up an appointment for, for a meeting for next week for the next session. So, Thank you. And everybody, you. really appreciate you taking the time to 
watch this and uh, hope you learned something. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to you soon, Jay. Thanks.